It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Earl of Pearl. Welcome to episode four of the Ultimate 216 show. First things first, big hand clap to Jim Donovan, man, who completed his cancer treatment at University Hospital and rung the bell. Jim Donovan, man, salute to you. Coming up on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show today, UCSS debuted an all-black panel right before Black History Month ended. We react to the funniest moments from DeAnthony Bell's interview and Brian Hoyer responds to Johnny Manziel, all that and more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's going on, everybody, man? Thanks for joining me for episode four. Uh, we did two recorded joints and two live joints, man. As always, drop the hashtag. U216 in the comments and drop where you're watching this episode from. I uh, want to thank you all. I had the opportunity to be on the panel three days this week. I appreciate all the love and support. How did y'all enjoy? This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, the David Bell interview. I'm going to give you all some time to get in here before we get to talking about that. Mr. King562, what's going on? Uh, a lot of feedback watching from Los Angeles, man. Shout out to you, man. I appreciate your time. You could be doing a whole lot, man. You in LA. Uh, we had a lot of positive feedback from our interview with DeAngelo Bell. Dude was like super, super cool, real laid back. Uh, we're going to talk about talk about that interview. I, I kind of got an idea of why it went the way that it went. But as we get started, as people started to trickle, trickle in, you know, today is the 29th. It's a uh, February. It's a leap year. And it's also the last day of Black History Month. And periodically this month on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, I have highlighted a sports moment uh, for Black History Month. And I think it's important to always, you know, highlight Black history. I think it's important to for the youth to know the history, especially these days when they're trying to take Black history education out of the schools. And so I was glad that I was able to do that. The coolest thing, though, was Wednesday. Uh, myself, Tyvis Powell, Gary Bush, G. Bush uh, were a part of an all-Black panel. And I really got to thinking long and hard. I've, bo- I've been born and raised in the city. I've seen numerous of different sports shows, et cetera. And I can't remember one time turning on my TV or turning on anything associated with Cleveland sports and really seeing an all-Black panel. And for me, I thought that was significant. I thought that was huge. If I'm being honest, one of the things that deterred me from chasing my dreams when I was younger is I was told I was I was the wrong race, that if you looked upon the landscape, you didn't see many people who looked like me doing this. And so to get the opportunity to really live out my dream, but to be in that moment, I felt like, uh, one, I had a lot of fun. But two, I thought it was something that was very inspirational and can be used as as motivation uh, for, you know, young black uh, boys and girls who might want to break into this industry uh, just to go out there and see, like, you know, your race and your culture well represented like that on, on that particular stage. I thought that was pretty cool. I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, I'm appreciative because me, Tyvis and G our walks to get here has been extremely different. You know, if you talk to G. Bush, um, this was kind of like a secondary dream for him. You know, my man had dreams on playing in the NFL at a high level. And once those dreams didn't come true, you know, it was pretty much back to the drawing board to see what was next. Um, I don't like to speak for nobody else, but I definitely would say that this was not something that was first up on G's radar, you know, and as far as my brother Tyvis, who had the opportunity to really live out his dream of playing in the NFL, I think he would tell you he would much rather still be playing football, but he loves it here. He loves the the opportunity opportunities presented to him, you know, to be a part of this show, to be on a panel and to, to bring his commentary. 
you know, as for myself, it's been a crooked road. And to actually put forth the steps necessary to live out my dreams, um, I couldn't be more thankful. And to see all of us come together in that moment in Black History Month, I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, shout out to the powers uh, that be that made that happen. Mike Lucas, Steve Backer, and Adam Ostro, you know, they they definitely recognize diversity where I work at. And that's one of many things that makes this a super cool place to work. And speaking of this being a super cool place to work, man, we got to get into some of the funniest moments from uh, the interview with DeAnthony Bell. But before we do that, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Ring the bell so you can stay notified for our flagship show as well as our spinoff shows. This show, the Ultimate 216 Show, the Ultimate Cavs Show, the Ultimate Brown Show, and coming to you very, very soon, the Ultimate Guardian. So remember, like and subscribe to that. Did y'all enjoy the interview with DeAnthony Bell? I need to see the comments, man. I want to know seriously what y'all thought. I was on YouTube the other day or yesterday, early this morning, uh, reading some of the comments, some of the feedback. I really want to know what y'all thought. A lot of people said that they thought that was our best interview yet on an Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And I think I got an idea of why that was the case. First and foremost, man, this dude is in the offseason. Shout out to D. Anthony Bell for taking time out of his busy schedule, out of his day, you know, to come in studio on our set. My man was scheduled for 20 minutes to a half hour and decided to stay, stick around and kick it with us for the whole second hour of the show. And to me, it definitely read that he was very comfortable in his environment and that we were treating him accordingly. I think, and y'all heard me speak to this point before, a lot of times fans, media members, whatever the case may be, we get caught up in these dudes being professional athletes. We get caught up in their occupation, not even realizing like they're normal human beings, just like me and you. Sometimes they just want to kick it, have some fun, talk some shit, just like me and you. They don't always want to deal with the same like rehearsed status quo questions or the same rehearsed approach to every single interview that they have. And you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm never going to make somebody feel like they're superior to me because their occupation differs from mine's and their occupation might pay them millions of dollars. Right. Just because you make a lot of money doing what you're doing and it comes with a lot of fame and status, that doesn't make you a better man than me or a better woman than the next woman, et cetera. And I think that if we just kind of understand that outside of occupation, we really on the same like playing field, you can get people to open up and have some fun. Like I said, it was a crazy interview, a fun interview, funny. He talked a lot about his journey, about where he comes from. And my man didn't make it to the NFL until he was 25 years old. And this is a dude who really had a deep belief that regardless of how hard this dream got, that he can make it happen, and he did it. But outside of all the serious stuff about that, man, we had some fun. If you missed it, like, we was in that boy cracking jokes, right? And the Anthony Bill did not hold back. And this is the type of content that you can get from these athletes. If you really just treat them like they're human beings, man, 
sit back, kick it with him a little bit, and just have some fun. I'm going to play this clip from yesterday's show. Um, and this is the uh, Anthony Bill ragging on G. Take a listen to this. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, nah, you tripping. Let I'm me wait. see, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I'm way step with that. Let, let me see, let me see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on, we're yeah, <laughs> He definitely got it yeah, on yeah. yeah, he see. do, he let do. Let see, he Come pulled on, him out quickly. Look, now. Let me see. <laughs> oh, no, that's not it's too bad. It's all way together, yeah. That's not too bad. The bag is crazy, though. Look, look, see, see, you see how, see how they judge? It's all about your accessories. That's all, that's crazy. They pleaded a little bit, I'm going to tell him, though. I'm going to tell him. Let him know. I'm about to. I'm going to you still covering your pants. I'm gonna tell him that now. Hey, remember I'm from Georgia now. Hey, hey. I'm gonna tell him you still got cuffs in the back of your pants. Yo, Cause don't nobody cuff pants no more. That's all I'm saying. Nah, we Hey, I'm sorry, man. That shit is still hilarious. But again, shout out to D. Anthony Bell. But I guess like you know, this would be the little advice I would give to anybody that is currently in whatever media school or in college and, and you trying to jump into this game and jump into this field. Like these dudes, especially these this younger generation, they just want to be treated like regular people. Right. They don't want to get hit with the same status quo questions or 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 just the same approach all the time. Word of advice, man, if you just kind of relax treat them like a regular man or regular woman and just chop it up, kick it with them. You'll be surprised at how open they'll be and what type of content to come from it. Name another interview where you seen somebody that was cracking on one of the hosts, right? That just don't happen like that. So again, man, shout out to DeAnthony Bell. Shout out to his story. If you did not see that uh, interview, I truly, truly encourage you to go back and watch that, man. Definitely one of the best things that we did. As a matter of fact, before we uh, move on to the next thing, I'm going to drop the link to that in the chat. Like I said, get when you get some time, definitely go back and 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 take a take a take a listen, take a watch to that, man. We had a lot of fun with that there. So moving on, we're going to talk about a couple of Cle former Cleveland Browns quarterbacks, man. But first. Don't forget, man, catch the Ultimate 216, the Ultimate Cleveland Browns, the Ultimate Cavs, and the Ultimate Guardians uh, shows as a part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show spinoff shows, man. Every week we feeding content to y'all, man, Monday through Friday. I'm pretty sure y'all appreciate it, that y'all love that. Don't forget to hit that uh, like button, subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show as well. So I'm pretty sure you all know by now that Johnny Manziel appeared on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. Shout out to Shannon Sharp. Shout out to Club Shay Shay. Dude is having a lot of success with that platform. Lately, it's been turning into something to where you got people uh, really coming in, and this is kind of like one of those, it's a venting session, right? You know what I mean? He hit you with some good kayak, and you just get to kind of spilling the tea and talking about, uh things that's, that's been on your chest for a long time uh i watched bits and parts of the johnny manziel interview and i honestly thought it was a great interview you could truly see 
the growth and the maturity in Johnny Manziel. You can see a, a dude that comes off very humble um, from the things that he went through. You know what I mean? Humility before honor. This is a dude that I, at one point was at the height of the sports world. Like his name rung out. Imagine if Johnny Manziel was playing college football uh, in the era that we are in now called NIL. Just imagine if that was the case, right? Like he probably would be the highest paid NIL player. Um, he had a lot of good moments. He talked about the top five uh, quarterbacks or the top four quarterbacks from the state of Texas that he ever seen play. He talked about, you know, Maverick Carter and LeBron James attempting to take him under their wing and how, you know, he realized he was a big disappointment to them, et cetera. But then he talked about his his rookie season uh, with Brian Hoyer and the help or lack thereof that Brian Hoyer presented to him. And we got a video clip from Club Shay Shay that I'm going to play for you. Uh, we're going to come back, talk about that a little bit. React to it in the comments, man. Again, hashtag U216. I want to know where you're watching from uh, and your thoughts on the Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel fiasco. But this was Johnny Manziel on Club Shay Shay talking about his relationship with Brian Hoyer and how Brian Hoyer basically didn't help him. Check this out. Brian Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go really provide for his family, get an opportunity. And he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me mm -hmm. and he didn't hold back when it came to that. So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again, we're doing this again. Wow. Keep him out of it, right? right? Let's just cut that off. And I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That is just fact of what happened in that room. So when that happened. So if we were to ask another quarterback that's in that room. Go ask Connor Shaw. Go ask Connor Shaw, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask him how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Go ask Dow Loggins. So that was Johnny Manziel. Again, courtesy to Club Shay Shay. A uh, shout out to Club Shay Shay for that interview. That was him basically talking about uh, basically how his relationship was in Cleveland with Johnny Manziel. And I mean, with Brian Horrier, I'm sorry. And I'm curious to know what y'all think about what y'all just watched. For me, first of all, I'm a little biased. Like, he from Lakewood, man. I'm, I'm from Cleveland. We both from this area. So, like, I'm going to ride with the homie that's from my hometown. But in all seriousness, if I'm Brian Hoyer and I'm in that quarterback room in 2014 and I'm looking around, the truth of the matter is I am the best of the bunch. And there's a dude that's drafted to take my spot who honestly didn't work hard, right? And, you know, Brian Hoyer, and we're going to play that from Good Morning Football, but he basically alluded to the fact that, you know, ownership was trying to push this dude uh, to the lead, to the head of the pack. You know, it was a money grab, money Manziel. You trying to sell tickets, and basically, they damn near, you know, forced him into the starting role, even though he wasn't ready. And Brian Hoyer, like, I mean, rightfully so, he was pissed off behind it. You would be pissed off too if you got ownership with the arterial motive 
pushing a dude who's clearly not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL ahead of you when you know that you're the best man for the job at said time. This is what Brian Hoyer had to say when he appeared on Good Morning Football. I mean, look, I mean, I'm on, I'm on my uh, vacation last week in Florida, and I get a text from Mac Jones. He goes, hey, funny, I didn't get this treatment as a rookie. Mm. And look, I'll be honest. You know, Johnny's right. That was an opportunity for me to go out and be the starter of my hometown team. But I was kind of apathetic towards him, I would say. You know, I didn't go out of my way to, you know, be a jerk to him. But in the same sense, I was trying to win this job and go out and perform the best I could. Um, you know, I feel sorry that he feels that way about it. I've, I always looked at it like, you know, I never had any animosity towards Johnny. If anything, it was towards the owner and the GM who mm. were always trying to push him ahead of me when clearly he wasn't ready and I was going to be the starter. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, that left a, a bad taste in his mouth. But, um, you know, like I said, never had any animosity towards Johnny. And, you know, I feel bad that he feels that way. But, you know, I don't really recall it being that way either. So was that the first time you watched it? Uh, when Max sent it to me. Okay. Yeah, Max sent it to me. He texts me. I'm on the beach. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. You know, like. I um, love but, when you were watching it just now with yeah, us. I didn't see that the full you were thing. like, uh, I don't think I've ever sat at the head of the table. No, I sat on the left. We're so. going to fact check this. Yeah. I'm going to just keep it 100 with y'all, man. Brian Hoyer was the best man for the job. Courtesy of Good Morning Football, by the way. Brian Hoyer was the best player for the job. We've come to, to, to learn from documentaries about Johnny Manziel. This dude didn't take football serious. He didn't study the playbook. You know, probably was like half-assing it in practice, half-assing it in meeting rooms, you know, just not being a professional. And you're talking about Johnny Manziel or Brian Hoyer not really helping you. That's, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, you didn't do anything to help yourself. And the fact that you didn't do anything to help yourself and you out here looking for help from other people, that's kind of crazy. I think Brian Hoyer had every right to approach the situation the way that he did. Number one, he was the best quarterback on the team. Number two, nobody behind him clearly was working hard enough to actually come take his job. Number three, he knew the owners had arterial motive. They was not trying to win football games. Instead, they was trying to sell tickets. And just like I said before we played that clip, you would be pissed off, too, if you had an owner that you knew uh, was only pushing an agenda to sell tickets when the player behind you wasn't even competent enough to be in the NFL when it was all said and done. 2014, Brian Hoyer played 14 games, completed 55.3% of his passes, 3,326 yards. He threw 12 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That was in 14 games of work. Manziel got an opportunity to play the final five games of the season. My man completed 51.4% of his passes for 175 yards, did not throw a touchdown, had two interceptions. You know, so you tell me what y'all think about what y'all just saw. Let's go through the comments, man. And again, we got about 10 to 15 minutes left. Appreciate you all taking a part of your afternoon to spend some time with me again. Like, subscribe, drop the U216 hashtag in there. I want to see, and I want to see where y'all watching from. Jmoney7600, you should do a StreamYard segment one week and let us come up, bro, and engage. That'll be fire content. Listen, Jmoney, I definitely agree with you, and I'm going to be totally honest. I told you all from jump that this was, this was a brand-new baby. It's going to organically take its flow. And if I'm being honest with myself, I felt like, you know, 
I'm struggling with the content a little bit. I've never podcasted before. And it's totally different from hosting on radio. It's totally different from when you see me out there on that panel. But y'all know me, man. It's, it's all gas, no brakes. Repetition is the father of learning, and we're going to keep doing that. But back to this comment, though, this might be the way. Like, how would y'all like for us to just kind of sit up here and I bring different people up every two or three minutes, man, just to engage? I think that would be cool. I think that would be different. I'm a person that likes to interact with the fans anyway. So I definitely uh that's that's an idea. Probably should run, run that past the powers to be. Shout out to Terrell Gwen, Earl of Pearl. What up, bro? Just got on the stream. Terrell, what's going on, man? Appreciate your time. My man Brent says Manziel was a loser. Hopefully he got his life right. Big facts on that one. Ryan Hoyer was 10 and 6 in his last 16 games. Started when Haslam forced Pedman to start in Johnny Manziel because Haslam was a rookie owner. I do not disagree with nothing you just said, Brent. Ryan Hoyer was screwed by the Haslam's. Totally agree with that. Was a was a was Hoyer a jerk? Probably. Who wouldn't have been? Does anyone remember how Manziel entered the building? A total loser, Mr. Moneybags. More like Mr. Not a clue. Hey, Brent out here spitting facts, man. He is telling the truth. Like, you know, Johnny Manziel didn't do himself no favors. You know, Johnny Manziel was not a pro. And the fact that he was marketable was the only reason why he was being pushed to the front of the line like he should be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And you did the city and his team a disservice because nobody is saying Brian Hoyer was like all world, but Brian Hoyer definitely presented the Cleveland Browns um, with the best chance to win. And I think anybody that would say anything different it's kind of clueless to that fact. I'm just being all the way honest with you. But on the flip side of things, man, again, shout out to, uh, you know, Good Morning Football for, preside, for presenting us with that clip, Club Shay Shay. And shout out to Johnny Manziel. It seems like on a personal side of things, he's definitely getting his life together. And honestly, being a better human is much, much more important than being a better football player. So, Shout out to him. Don't forget, drop the U216 hashtag in the chat and let me know where y'all watching from. We got 51 live viewers. We peaked at 66. That's actually been the most that we've had for this show. But we tend to do well um, after the fact, man. We've had at least 1,000 views on each podcast that we did. So, again, man, shout out to y'all for the support as we just continue to just grow this thing as, as you know, as we get uh, further and further into this offseason. Don't forget, subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Check out Mikey McNuggets, Jason Lloyd on Ultimate Cavs Show, my man G. Bush on the Ultimate Brown Show, and catch the Ultimate Cleveland Guardian Show that's coming to you soon. The Guardians uh, will be getting under their way pretty soon, man. We are closing out the month of February after the day. So like I said, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, this wasn't on the docket, but I do want to touch this because we got a, we got a few minutes. The Cavs kind of lost a crazy-ass game yesterday. You lost to a team that you should have beat in double overtime. And it's like it's one of those situations to where it, it comes off like we really can't – we damned if we do, we damned if we don't, we can't win for losing. You finally get Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, you know, to play very good basketball at the same time. And meanwhile, Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen really didn't show up to play. 
whatever illness Donovan Mitchell is battling, do continue prayers to you. Uh, Lord knows we need you back at 100% full strength sooner than later. I think he shot the ball 13 times, uh, played 44 minutes in that game. But I guess, like, you know, we kind of recapped the game earlier on the show. I want to know how y'all feeling about J.B. Bickerstaff because we didn't been on this seesaw with J.B. Bickerstaff all season long. Before, you know, the cast kind of went off on this crazy streak, a lot of the talk around town was he was on a hot seat and that, you know, soon he would be fired. And then the Cavs find a new, they stumble upon a new style of play. They have a lot of success playing that, playing that way. And it's like winning cures all to the fact to where maybe we've kind of been blurred by some things that still glaring weaknesses in how he approached coaching. And I'm curious to know what some of y'all think about that because the JB Bickerstaff conversation has been coming to light a little bit more to where a lot of people feel like he's not the right coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers, that he's underdeveloped Evan Mobley. And regardless of the recent success that the Cavaliers have has had, that he's still not a quality coach and probably should be replaced going forward. The last two games, he didn't made me scratch my head a lot. First of all, the game that Max Struess hit the game winning shot in dramatic fashion, I really didn't understand why you didn't have Donovan Mitchell on the court in the closing seconds. I do understand that you had a more of a defensive lineup in the game at the time, and I do understand that you were trying to put forth as much size as you could on the court. But what I don't understand is – regardless of how big or, or how little he is, having your best score on the bench at the same time when it's winning time. That didn't make sense to me. And if we're being totally honest, if Max Struess didn't hit that shot, we would have been having conversations about the poor quality inbound play, the lack of attention that he gives his team compared to the lack of or the energy that he gives the referees sometime, or we would have been talking about Darius Garland's performance yet again. But Max Drew saved the day and saved us from being negative, so to speak. And then you look at the game last night. You know, Donovan Mitchell missed some clutch free throws, but the Cavs got a lead in the fourth quarter. There's no way in the world that you should be losing this game, right? Like, this is a game that you you should definitely come away with. Not only did you lose it, but you lost it in double overtime. And my frustration with J.B. Bickerstaff in the game yesterday was it's the second night of a back-to-back. -back, so I guess the excuse is already built in. But damn the excuse. You're supposed to be one of the better teams in the NBA. You got Donovan Mitchell who logged 40-plus minutes. You got uh, Darius Garland who logged 40 plus minutes. You got all these dudes on the second night of a back to back that have played all these, all these minutes, but yet you got some young cats on your bench that you didn't even think about giving an opportunity to give playing time to. Like you just like, where was Craig Porter Jr. at? You know, why, why couldn't he, why couldn't he get some tickets? Uh, Sam Merrill, a DMP. How was that the case? And I'm going back right now, just, just to make sure I'm, I'm right on what I'm telling you. Yeah, 44 minutes for Donovan Mitchell, 44 for Darius Garland. Evan Mobley played 42. 
34 minutes for Jared Allen. Uh, did not play Sam Merrill, Sharif Cooper, who's who's here um, on a on a 10 day contract. He didn't play. Um, Levert played 39 minutes or Coral played 24 minutes. But it's like, why are you not playing Sam Sam Merrill? What did he do to get back in the doghouse? What did he do to not really earn playing time right now? And I just feel like he needs to do a little better job of, you know, tinkering with these rotations. I said it after the All-Star break. The Cavs should not finish no lower than the third seed in the Eastern Conference, right? Anything lower than that is a disappointment closeout to the season. But this is an opportunity for J.B. Bickerstaff to tinker with different lineups and to get these young cats some experience as you head to the playoffs. And I just don't think that he's doing the best job he could. I'm going to tell you like this. The Cavs get bounced in the first round, his ass is gone. And this won't even be a thing. And hopefully, like, we, we don't have to go down that road. But I got to be honest with myself. 20 and 5 over the last 25 games, that's great. And winning is the bottom line. But, man, do you start to see these weaknesses kind of, like, come to light again as we get uh, further and further towards the end of the season? Uh, again, man, thanks all for all y'all for who pulled up. A couple more minutes. Shout out to my man, Mikey McNuggets. What's up, brother? Salute. Love you, dude. That dude is a big support, man, to everything I do. He always trying to set me up to win when I'm on the panel. He's willing to jump on whenever I'm doing this show. And uh, thanks, bro. Really appreciate you. So 216, Earl of Pearl, what up, bro? I'm from down away, watching from 706, Dalton, Georgia. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to everybody from down the way. Uh, love that whole little area. I love all of Cleveland, period, for real, for real. I got to get down to Georgia, though. I ain't been down there in a while. Kobe Hill says, Hoyer played like dog water after Johnny was drafted. Hoyer should have beat him out in cap and couldn't. It shows you that Menzel was better. I, I disagree with that. Kobe, I disagree with that. And this is why I disagree with that. I think, if anything, like, you know how we talk about athletes hearing the noise and seeing everything and everything is in between the ears? Like, he could have clearly beat him out in camp. But, man, you know, maybe, like, his mental toughness was shaking. You got a dude who you know isn't better than you, but all this hype, all this noise that, that comes with him, and, and now everybody, like, calling for your job. So I get it. I just don't get it. Manuel Rodriguez, hey, Earl, have you heard anything about the Browns playing Yeah, I really don't know what that was about. Um, I'm trying to get McNuggets to send me to Brazil for show, for show. I'm definitely trying to get to Brazil. <laughs> Teddy said, good show, Earl. Truck driver, listen to you in Toronto, Canada. Born and raised on East 93rd in Kinsman. Damon Murphy, man, shout out to you, bro. You could be doing anything else. My family is from 125th in Kinsman. My grandmother owned a house on 125th in Kinsman for 50 years. So shout out to you, my guy. Shout out to Ted. He in Arkansas, man. Shout out to everybody who pulled up for the fourth episode of the Ultimate Cleveland's uh, uh, Ultimate Cleveland. Lord have mercy. The Ultimate Two One Six Show. I'm gonna get it together. Nerves still be there. Hey, listen, man. In closing, as always, man, I love y'all. Be great. Spread love. Remember being great. That thing come with a price. Spreading love. That thing is priceless.
the next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.